Berto, have you been watching the new HBO series called Westworld? Have you been watching that? Yes, I have. It's a show with everything but Yul Brenner. I thought we would talk about that show because a lot of our patrons are asking us to talk about it because it has a lot of psychological elements to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And you're very interested in AI, right? Absolutely. So you're waiting for the singularity to occur. I'm not waiting, baby. I'm happening it. Yeah. So I thought we would talk about that. But first, I want to talk about background of the movie and some of the characters involved in the production. Then we'll talk about the plot. Then we'll talk about the psychology of some of the key characters and how I don't think a lot of people... I've, I've read a lot today of the commentary on this show, and I feel like a lot of people are kind of missing the core psychology of particular characters, so I thought we could get into that. Awesome. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. My name is Humberto Castaneda. I am a singularity enabler. If you haven't already, please become a patron of the podcast by going to patreon.com. There you, if you become a patron, you'll get access to all of our premium episodes and the, episode, the premium episodes don't have any ads. There's no ads in the premium episodes. Ooh. So become a patron. All right, Westworld. American science fiction slash western slash thriller slash <laughs> mystery sort of show. HBO, created by, do you know who it's created by? Michael Crichton. No, it was written, but created by, you know, like created the show. Oh, J.J. Abrams. And- uh, he produced, J.J. Abrams is one of the producers. Jonathan Nolan, Christopher Nolan's brother. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know that. Uh, is he the, what, so when you say created, meaning he wrote the script or something? He directed the first episode, and I think he's maybe the main producer. Oh, okay. Um, and, he's, and he's Christopher Nolan's brother. Jonathan, Jonathan Nolan. Wow. Yeah. And Lisa Joy. Created. Has he done stuff before this? Yes. Uh, he uh, has worked with Christopher Nolan a lot, actually. He was involved in writing Memento, The Prestige, mm. The Dark Knight, and other Batman movies, Interstellar. Is he the Nolan behind the Nolan? He's the Nolan behind the Nolan. And uh, I don't yeah. think Nolan knew. Yeah. So uh, Westworld is based on the 1973 film and the book that was written earlier than that by Michael Crichton. Was it a book or was it always a screenplay? Actually, that is a good question. Actually, uh, well... And the, the reason I ask is yeah. I went through a Michael Crichton craze in high school yeah. where I read Every single Michael, Michael Crichton book, including where he was under a pen name and he wrote the, the, the book about abortions. Yeah. And I never read this one. So no, I was it's, like, actually, it's not a book. I'm sorry. It's a, he wrote it for the film, for, okay. the, for the big, for and the that, silver screen. That makes sense. Cause when I saw that this was coming out and I saw it written by Michael Crichton, I'm like, what? Yeah. So did you know that he died? Who, He's, Michael Crichton? Yeah. Yeah. He died in 08, age of yeah. 66. Did you know that, uh, do you know what job he had before he was a writer? He was a doctor. Yeah, he was a physician. A physician. Harvard educated. Very smart dude. Decided to become a, a writer instead. I don't even think he ever worked as a physician longer than a I year. I think he wrote his book in while he was still in, in residency or something. What other, uh, well, what novels that has he written that have been adapted into films? Oh, man, everything. Andromeda Strain, Congo, obviously Jurassic Park, uh, the uh, one with the deep 
uh, the sphere sphere yeah i think you and i uh, saw that in the theater did we see it with dustin hoffman so and, weird. oh man it's terrible yeah um, uh rising sun rising sun Disc- oh yeah disclosure allow me allow me but no perhaps i might be of some assistance <laughs> uh the other lost world jurassic, jurassic park i like the disclosure i mean it's it's cheesy now but yeah. at the time i liked it uh the 13th warrior oh and by the way i love that one and by the way the second jurassic park book yeah it was where he broke my heart because, uh, you know, I liked the first book. He wasn't ever like the greatest technical writer, but I was too young to know that anyways. But I loved his concepts, his action in the books and stuff like that. But when you read the second book, it's garbage. Oh, really? It's like he, he got paid to write a sequel yeah. and he just phoned it in. Wow. He copy pasted. He's like, I probably should reverse the, the, the sexes of the kids. But other than that... <laughs> <laughs> He also wrote for the screen Coma. Yeah. 78. Twister. He co-wrote and produced that movie, Twister. I didn't know that. Yeah, Twister. Strange. Weird. And he also... ER, of course. And he was a creator of ER, and he was executive producer and writer on that show as well. So, very prolific writer that you cannot deny his ability to write interesting novels and ideas and screenplays i mean he's just an amazing writer of our time yeah they they uh they made a video game out of one of his books timeline i think it was called yeah it was a terrible video game but um it's funny because they didn't make a movie but they made a video game <laughs> actually timeline was a movie i think did they make a movie yeah i think they made a movie out oh, of timeline. i never saw it <laughs> uh westworld produce the current tv show so it should be noted that you know it was a movie in 73 with yo brenner and it was a popular movie. I, I Did you ever see the original movie? No, I always saw the poster, and I never knew what the hell it was about. I saw it as like a you know late night movie when I was a kid, uh-huh. when there was only like four channels, and you know, I barely. I just remember it was freaky. Do they know? show the Roman world and the medieval world in the movie? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. People are talking about how they should make a Game of Thrones world. <laughs> yeah. They combined the two. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, produced by J.J. Abrams uh, and also the Nolan brother, uh, Lisa Joy, Jerry Weintraub, and Brian Burke. Uh, ten episodes. Season two starts. Do you know how long from now? It two starts? years or something. Like, yeah, 2018. That's so what they always do this to us. <laughs> at least 13 months, but probably uh, more okay. like... Because usually series start like in the summertime or something. Yeah. Uh, takes place in the future in which I think they talk about how they've eradicated disease and, you know, it's a wonderful future. Well, they definitely, they show how they can heal massive wounds in humans, not just the robots right. that you would think would be, because you remember she slices his throat, yeah. the one guy's throat, and they use the little thing to to heal him. Yeah. So they certainly have miraculous medical technology. Right. And so this corporation creates this park, uh, interesting, kind of like Jurassic Park, where mm-hmm. it's a park that people make out of their hubris of godlike thoughts. And That's right. Then it turns on them. Uh, the series debut on HBO was the network's highest viewership ratings for a premiere since the first episode of True Detective in 2014. Whoa. So... You know, a lot of people watching it. I can't believe True Detective had set the previous record. I know. Uh, but maybe it was the second second season of True oh, Detective, is my guess. I, I mean, because the You're second, right, 2014. Would be the first season? Wait, I don't know. 
I yeah. don't remember. I don't remember either. Yeah. That's right. Anyway, it's to me, it seems like it'd be the second season because yeah. the first season kind of crept up on people, you know? Yeah. But anyway. 2014 is too old for the new season because the new season was last year. Ended last year, right? Anyway. Okay. I could look it up, but I don't feel like it right now. Uh, stars. Evan Rachel Wood. Do you know what movie she's been in? Is she wait? Is she playing the the main like she's the, Dolores? Dolores. I don't. I, I I don't recognize her. She was in the movie Thirteen. <gasps> wait. With uh, yes, with, someone uh, told me that okay. she was one of the girls or something. She was the girl. Oh during, my during god! 15. She was the girl in Thirteen. Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah, she's the main girl. I actually no show wonder. that movie in my classes to show like a very typical conflict between a single mother and yeah. her, her, her well not yeah single mother and her well, no wonder that explains what messed her up so bad yeah uh, she was also in Across the Universe which you haven't seen I have yet. still haven't seen uh, she was in The Wrestler which you probably, I loved you probably yeah. seen just don't remember her she was on The West Wing which I've never watched never watched that she was in CSI which I've never watched so she's been in two West things now she was yeah West Wing Westworld and Wrestler Oh, and she was also in True Blood. Apparently, I only watched the first four episodes of, yeah, of the first season. The first couple. Yeah. Uh, she's been on Robot Chicken, which is pretty cool. More robots. Uh, okay, Jeffrey Wright is also in it. That's um, is he Ber- William Bernard? No, that's Bernard. Oh, Bernard. Right. Oh, of course. And he was he he was a great character in um, the Boardwalk Empire series. Yep. The first time I saw him was in Basquiat, in which he plays Basquiat. Never saw that. He was in Celebrity, which is a movie I don't like. He was in Ali, uh, Siriana, which I have yet to see, which you like. Lady in the Water, which was (sighs) Casino Royale. He was uh, Felix Leiter. Oh, yeah, right. In Casino Royale. He was in W, you know, the movie about George W. He played Colin Powell. I didn't see that movie. Quantum of Solace. You haven't seen W? No. It's it's um It's good. Interesting. If you're bored, it's I it's see. worth if a watch. Bored. It's interesting, right? Okay. Um Source Code, great movie. Extremely loud and incredibly close. He was Is in Source that. Code the one with Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. I gotta see that. Oh I haven't seen it. Dude. That's right up your I know. Alley. Okay, okay. I got to Like, that's my next to do. Like, I, I think that movie <laughs> is just should be talked about more. Did I know? tell you? I ended up watching Prisoners. Oh. oh what did you think? do a whole thing on Prisoners, dude. Yeah. Did you like it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really loved that it. That guy's amazing. I loved it. Yeah. I could talk about that one for sure. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, he was in Hunger Games, The Good Dinosaur. On television, he was in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Remember that show? <laughs> yeah. He was in Angels in America. Have you seen this miniseries? Angels I've heard America? of it. I have not seen it. It's really good. like it. As you said, Boardwalk Empire, Venture Brothers. <laughs> oh, really? <clears throat> and BoJack Horseman. Oh, that, I, that is a funny show. I, I've been tr- I, I, I know I will like BoJack Horseman, but I just don't have time to watch it. Yeah. A pa- patron actually asked us to do an episode on BoJack. Because <laughs> apparently he, BoJack has like a... Like a weird personality. He does. <laughs> um, and then if, I would love to do that episode. <laughs> and then William is Jimmy Simpson. Do you know what he is most known for? Um, most known? No. I know that I, I saw him in, in, in something that cemented him for me uh, as kind of a Weasley kind of guy. Well, too Weasley. He usually plays Weasley characters, yeah. but 
the main thing I know him from is one of the McPoyles on. Yes, that's what I. That's what I was thinking. It's yes. always sunny. Yeah, he is. So whenever I like in, watching Westworld, I, I never was able to shake the McPoyle out of him. <laughs> like I just see him I, as one of the McPoyles. I thought he did a good job, like a really good job. Because yeah. in spite of that, because you're right. Yeah, I mean a McPoyle. How do you shake a McPoyle? Plus, he usually plays like a creeper. He, yeah. you know, he, like in the House of Cards, he plays a creep. Creepy. Oh, right. He's got a creepy face. Yeah, but at the same time, the way they made him look and the way he acted, I I bought his character. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it was that bad. All right, let's get into the plot. What I liked, what I disliked, what you liked, what you disliked. Mm-hmm. We're it's going to be all spoilers. Spoilers. This is post. Season 1, episode 10, yeah, which just came out recently. So if you haven't seen it, watch this podcast first. All right, Berto, what do you, what'd you like, what'd you dislike about this 10-episode this yeah, series? The, the three things I loved. Um, number one, the exploration of consciousness. Yeah. You know, that's great. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Right. I um, mean, to have a major HBO you know, series focusing entirely on consciousness yeah as its main plot you know through yeah. line is is a really refreshing thing yeah. to see sign of the times i guess number two having said that it just had oh, tons of holes but <laughs> t- well tons of violence and sex oh yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? uh number two the violence and sex <laughs> just kidding no number two was the music for me oh yeah the music, uh, and I guess the the music and and paired with the visuals, it was just really a pretty show. Yeah, yeah, really very well picturesque, shot, yeah. very well shot, and the music was so great to go along with it. Yeah, when the I was always trying to figure out at, when I the beginning of the series, I noticed Black Hole Sun right. being played on the piano, and then from that point forward. I thought I should know every single song that was being played on the piano, but then I looked it up today. Yeah. And a lot of those songs are Yeah, there were a few they're more. like not known to me. That, right. there's like a Radiohead song I think that's played at some point. Yeah, well they played more than one because like the last the last one they played was the end uh music for the end of a movie or whatever. Exit exit music for a film. Okay. Which is from Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. I mean I thought that they should have played just all pop songs that you would almost kind of recognize whenever they played the piano. Well, they kind of did, though. I don't think they did. I but, think, but but I also well, okay. I think some of the songs on the piano were not in that vein because I think what they were trying to go for was imagine this is the future of our Earth, right? So they've got the licenses to all this ancient music, right? And they're almost getting it wrong because it's supposed to be like Western times, but they're like, well, this is ancient music, anyways, right? So you know, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's like how people mix up Mozart and Bach, yeah, and it's Be- classical music, Beethoven and, and Gershwin. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's all just that kind of music. Yeah, it's a hundred years apart. Who cares? Right. Well, like I was hanging out with some high schoolers a few years ago, and a Billy Idol song came on. Uh-huh. Uh, their, you know, their white wedding or something. or something, and they're like, "Oh my god, I love Billy Joel." Ah! <laughs> and, and and the other kids were like, oh, yeah, I like Billy Joel, too. Oh, yeah, Green Day's great. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, Billy Idol and Billy Joel could not be more different. But to them, it was the same thing because it's all just ancient yep, music to yep. them. Um, yeah, well, getting to the future bit, 
Oh, so, sorry. Sorry, I was I was getting to my three. Okay. So, so, so the second one was the 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 act. Sorry, the the visuals and the music, and the last one was the acting. Yeah. Lots of kudos across the board for the acting. Right. Uh. So the future aspect. While I was watching the show, I was impressed that they never said, you know, twenty years from now or in the mm-hmm. year twenty right. forty two or it's very something. vague. Yeah, it was extremely vague. It was like. And I love that because I, I always I, I always figure well you know if you're one of those people that thinks things like this is just around the corner then you can believe that and if you're someone like me that knows that stuff like this is decades if not centuries in the future then I'm enter- then I'm allowed my pleasure of you know yeah. not having to forego my disbelief you know and but they online revealed it's unknown if it was a mistake but in the video there was you know how they have online they have like extras oh, yeah, yeah, and stuff extras. well they showed like security camera footage of the killing of all the guards in the oh, final and it scene. had a date and it had a date of like 2058 or something uh, okay. or 20 so i'll get into it more later but essentially what that means if you track back the years cuz they actually talk about 30 years and yeah, yeah. you know three the the park is either currently working or it will be working in a couple of years. So, right, meaning all the robots <laughs> right. and all you know all well, that technology. Well, in like ten years, in, in, in like ten years, right? Because no, I think no, it had been now. open. Really? Because I thought it had been open for. I'll get more into that later, but but uh, it hadn't been fifty years though. Oh, I guess it's sixteen right now. Right, dude. Oh, sixteen. Whoopsie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, so, but I'll get more on that later. But anyway, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, how typical. But I but then they re-released the video, and it had the date X'd out. So I'm wondering if like just some stupid, you know, like editor who was tasked with making this video. Mm-hmm. put a date up there as just like, well, just throw up a date, you know, and then got in trouble for it and they right. had to take it down. And, and this, by the way, is one of my issues with the quote-unquote reality and where it definitely hits up against your, uh, the way you think things will play out. And it's two main complaints. One of them is, um, so if you notice what's been happening in just the last couple of years, just the last two years, not five, but two, um, we went from, you know, Go might be an unbeatable game by AI to maybe it would take 50 years to it was beat. Yeah. Number two, just six months later, they partnered with Blizzard to basically beat StarCraft, which is now a resource management, real-time strategy game with humans making like very, very, very advanced level of decisions. Have you, six months. Have you talked to In Siri lately? Have you talked to Siri? No, but Siri, of course, but like... But, and have you seen robot technology? No, but, but how long have you been able to talk to Siri? Okay, I'm just saying. I know. So humans, you are, have been talking for the past since I know since I've yeah, known eight you, years, eight years, just around the corner. No, 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 no. I never said just around the corner. What I said is, it is, a, it is. You know, like the the whole Kurzweil thing. It's exponential. Humans are terrible at detecting exponential change, and so to us, it's like, dude, voice control will never work. It's always been terrible. But when we actually stop and think about the fact that we can now dictate full sentences into our phones, and it gets it mostly right, that's huge improvement in just the last few years, right? Voice recognition is extremely different. Yeah, you're than just narrowing on one detail, though, right? Being so, able to code... 
uh, a sound wave into the likely word that someone is saying. No, no, no. That's not what they're doing. They're, they're actually way past that point. It's predicting based on grammar and stuff. That's fine. Yeah, and it's picking up meaning. It's picking up semantics. Right. But the ability to think. Of course. But look at the, what the show showed us. That 30 years... No, you're right. Like 40 years prior to the current timeline of the show, they had automatons that basically seemed almost human, right? And they're telling us that if we, if we compare the rate of change right now with technology, they're telling us that in 40 years, almost nothing changed other than they made it feel a little more realistic. Look, people argue about this all the time, no, no, but, but you're, and, and, and you and I are not going to produce, and not, neither one of us are going to be able to ex, you know, uh, you know, predict the future. And but you're starting from zero. I'm not starting from zero. I'm starting from the premise of the show that the, when the park started... They already have fully free-moving automatons, Great. right? Either way, when, it, when the date that was on that one thing, which I'm hoping the creators are like, no, we'll never say what date this is because that's a surefire way to get a lot of criticism. Or if you said it too far yeah. in the future, too many people will not feel connected to it. You know what I mean? And I would estimate, and I'm not an expert, by any means, but based on the scientists that I read and listen to, this sort of technology is extremely far in the future. The ability AI one, it's hard to know exactly when that'll emerge, but that is, you know, at some point in the future. But and the robotics and you know, Bernard was a robot and was interfacing physically, having sex with a human, and was undetectable, right. not only as an AI, but as a physical body, having sex, rolling, kissing, and, you know, having intercourse, presumably, and the hair on his chest, and, you know, walking around, and, you know, he, that, that is uh, just, you know, so what I hope is, is that the creators are like, look, it's, who cares what date it is? It's far in the future. <laughs> it's, right. It's some point in the future whenever this happens to us, because it'll happen eventually. But, we will yeah. absolutely eventually create AI. We absolutely eventually create robots that can do that sort of stuff. And who cares about exactly when it is? It's just, you know, some point in the future. That part I'm not disagreeing with. Like, in fact, I definitely agree with you that the timeline doesn't make sense given that what you're saying is that the park needs to open very soon here. Yeah. I totally or, agree. Or was 2015. According right. to the calculations, okay. it could have opened right. last year. So, so I totally agree that, that that timeline, even if it were 2025, that timeline doesn't make sense. Yeah. But what I, what I, the only, the, now what I'm disagreeing with the show on, it's two, two parts. One of them is that 40 years between when the park is created to what where they're showing us, that does not demonstrate enough technological advancement for 40 years based on what we've seen in the last 40 years. Right. And number two, the premise of the thing, and this is like now where you're, you were just saying Bernard seemed completely human. Right. And since we have no way to know what consciousness feels like to su for someone else, right? Mm -hmm. There's actually no, no verifiable way to, to, to kind of say that Bernard's experience of consciousness isn't just as valid is our experience of consciousness, even if mechanistically it was happening differently. Right. Because he seems indistinguishable than one of us. Yeah. Now, so, so that's where I was saying like, all right, well, that, that's where they're fudging it a little bit, where like to gain true consciousness. Well, that dude, the only, the only hints would be like, oh, but look, we got these overrides, like uh, Cecil motor function, all these kind of things. 
humans have different kinds of overrides, you know, depending on chemicals that, that you could be given, you could be shut off as well, you yeah. know. Let's get into the yeah. debate about uh, consciousness more in a second. Yeah. But first, let's take a break. What do you say? Let's take it. All right, we're back. So people, if you haven't become a patron yet, do so. If you like episodes like this in the patron zone on the premium feed, there's a lot more stuff like this where we just dive deep into all sorts of stuff. We love being patronized. Also, tell a friend or a colleague about the show because we really depend on you to spread the word. Also, you can rate us on iTunes. And if you rate us on iTunes, we'll send you some swag in the mail. So and if you've already rated us on iTunes, shoot us an email at contact at psychologyinseattle.com. That's contact at psychologyinseattle.com. And we'll send you some stickers. And nice. along those lines, Berto, we just got our new stickers in the mail. What? I want to see them. They better be like an awesome looking sticker. I want to put it all over my face. I'll definitely put them in my car, in my cereal. Whoa. <sighs> this is that picture we took at the art, art show when, years ago. When you... Well, so I, so Ann Leibowitz was having a private party at the W Hotel, uh-huh. and I told you to tell to break us in, and so we got as everyone was filing in who had tickets and stuff. Uh, you, you and I walked up to the front, and you convinced <laughs> the door person to let us in, even even though we didn't have tickets. We did not have tickets, and so and at that event, they had this photo yeah. booth, and we took that show. But anyway, that was a while ago. But Berto, these are great. Let's give away some stickers. Pick a letter between A and Z. G. Now pick a number between one and ten. Uh, seven. Graham. Graham. He will get. Uh, some stickers. Uh, give nice. me, give me another letter. N, as in Nancy. And give me a number. Two. We got Natalie White. Ooh, Natalie. Okay, give me another, another, another letter. I, I don't know anymore. Oh, R. <laughs> R and a, and a number. Four. For Rebecca Davis. Rebecca. All right, you three patrons are going to get some stickers in the mail. Nice. All right, let's get back to the episode here. All right, here's what I like about the show. I liked some of the acting. Some of the acting I didn't really like, actually. Uh, the cinematography, as you were saying, very which, pretty show. Which, which acting? Um, the uh, Evan was, uh, was great. Everything she did was great. Uh, Jeffrey Wright was great. The CEO annoyed me, actually. Who was the CEO? The woman who was in charge. Oh, the one that got killed? Yeah. Uh, the guy who makes the storyline, the guy who's like... Oh, he was bad. I yeah. mean, that was... And, yeah. and then the guy who's the tech, the repairman, the, the like guy okay. with the beard. Oh, the beard guy? You know, the, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, Asian yeah. guy and the beard the redhead? guy. The redhead guy. Like, his character... I mean, I don't really blame him so much. I blame the writing and the directing for that. For both those characters, for all three of those characters, I didn't like because they were just cartoonish in the way that they are portrayed. It was now, stupid. Now, so I totally agree with that. However, I ended up getting the sense because of the last episode that perhaps at least the Asian guy was helping her because he was supposed to. What do you mean? Um, I what forget- does that have to do with the bad acting? Well, <laughs> meaning that that 
I, I think you're probably right that it was just bad acting slash writing or whatever. But but I, I I all along was kind of annoyed. Like, wait, why are they still going along with this nefarious plot? I know. But then I got the sense, wait, if she was programmed to do this, I wonder if he got pulled aside yeah. by, by Fine, Ford. Fine, a completely different topic. I mean... The- but that, that might be why he was acting that way, though. Because he's like trying to pretend like he's not going along with it, but he really is. Going I'm not talking about the Asian. I'm talking about the guy with the beard. Well, he might have been in on it too, but you're right, dude. The guy with the beard was a t- just. Now right. I'm sure he's a great actor, but all right, the writing was. I mean, he was always like, yeah, like he was just whiny. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he acted like a 12 year old right. dick. You I'll know, agree, it's like I'll he's. Agree. Yeah, um, and then some of the other people too, like that Ellie, the one, the programmer, the girl who works on the psychology, yeah, behavior or oh, something. I liked her okay. Again, good acting, I thought, but the right just just very adolescent. Some of the scenes, yeah. some of the scenes felt extremely adolescent to me. And there were a couple episodes, like the third and fourth, that were la- like they were they dragged. You know, they were oh. slow. Well, I'll get more to that and stuff. Yeah. So, I like the premise of the show. Again, Evan Wood, Jeffrey Wright, Anthony Hopkins is great. The final episode I loved, very satisfying. I had no idea that the man in black was William. Did you know that? Unfortunately, I did, but not because. Well, I, I figured it. I would have figured it out by the the previous episode. But the problem is that online people posted, the, and I wasn't looking. It was just one of those like accidentally scanning through Facebook, and someone's someone's like blah, and and they someone said that on Facebook. Yeah, but they didn't know. They just were get. They were. Uh, oh, it was a Reddit thread that th- that they were guessing, right. and so. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't want to believe it, and I have a lot of reasons why I feel like it doesn't work well. But I, I yeah. wish I would have seen that because I wish I would have seen the last episode first. Because as you were saying, it drags in the middle. Yeah, I didn't think it was the second, third. Ep- I thought two through nine episodes, <laughs> two through nine. Dra- I I repeatedly threw up my hands and said, I'm done with the show. Yeah. After like episode four, because episode one I loved. I was like, oh my God, yeah. this is going to be amazing. One was great. And then two, I was like, okay, they're, you know, they're getting into it. And then three was like... Three okay. was really slow. I was like, three, okay, what's happening? And repetitive. Happening? They kept repeating kind of the same... Yeah, they kept having these flashbacks and yeah. like, you know, people see all these dead people and then they're not and then like they hear voices and they're not. And, and again... Now that I know what what the storyline is, I want I actually feel like I'm going to go back and rewatch the whole like the Sixth Sense <laughs> because I think I'm going to like it a lot more because I, I I'm going to know what's happening because yeah. at the time I was like another flashback that I don't understand another weird sort of you know situation where things are inconsistent but that's because the timelines were all off I, I did feel that episodes eight and nine though moved a lot faster than the previous episodes but. Nine maybe, but eight, yeah. But there were still like these weird mysteries. They used. I personally had no idea what was happening. I had yeah. no idea yeah. what the maze was. I had no idea that Bernard was a robot. I had no idea. You know, like all of it was yeah. just. Com- I I just was completely lost. Yeah. And 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 so you know, I feel like they made the show knowing that people would start talking about it online. Yeah, and then. That and so they made it so obscure that even if you read stuff online, it would yeah. still have big question marks. Sure, yeah. But what that does for me as someone who just casually watches a show on Sunday night, 
I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I stopped watching it um, twice. I gave a, I, I, I announced to everyone that I knew I was done with Westworld, and, the, and then, and then when episode ten came out uh, last weekend, I was like, okay, fine. I'll watch. I'll watch a little bit of it. And actually, about five minutes into it, I was like, and I, wa- I, I read the plot. Uh-huh. I just read the entire plot, and I was like, "Oh, this episode might actually be good to watch." <laughs> and so I watched it, and it was it was very satisfying. Um, I love the fact that the maze was just a metaphor for consciousness or yeah. self actualization or something, and not an actual maze. Because that was actually another thing that was bothering me. I was like, "So the man in black is headed toward this this maze? Like, how stupid is that? Like, he's gonna he's gonna enter enter like the scorcher trials or something, and he's you know, he's gonna be running through this maze. There's gonna be like like uh, animatronic monsters chasing him or something. I was just like, this is this is gonna be so dumb. Well, and, and at first, I actually earlier in the show, I thought that uh, before I knew that Arnold was actually dead. I thought that the whole thing is that Arnold had made like a secret area for himself and this whole maze thing, no one was supposed to find it, but that was like the way to get to him. Right. That's what I thought. Yeah. But yeah. that would be stupid too, right? It's like... It, I mean, it would be something, but... Um, I love the fact that it was like not a maze at all. Yeah. It was It was nothing. It was just a metaphor yeah. that Arnold had said to... Uh, to uh, Dolores... Right. As a... As a as the singularity, yeah. as coming to consciousness, you know. But but it's weird because they had that maze on like someone's scalp and on well, all so I read places. on Reddit like why that would be, and it's possible that uh, what was it? It was it was like like maybe they thought that they should you know they were thinking that maybe that the ghost people started to realize the maze was like a thing even though they didn't know what it was, they, they just saw it as like a, a spiritual, they were getting visions of the maze or there was talk amongst the robots about this maze. Mm-hmm. And so it became kind of like this mini religion. I see. And then they thought, well, maybe the, and then they thought as the this theory goes is that maybe the creators of the robots thought, well, let's fuck with the, the robots by putting a I maze see. on the inside of the scalp so that when you take the scalp off, you see a maze there and it, just just creates more of this mysticism for these robots to like have a culture around something that they're attracted to you know what i mean i could see that it but but it's still it, it, the whole thing of the man in black hunting for this and finding the scout it seems like it was prepared for him yeah and and by the way i have a theory that the man in black is also a robot at this point yeah because well first of all Yul Brenner was a robot and he was the man in black in the old one. But that's not the real reason I think it. The real reason is he seems to have been put as an antagonist to push Dolores to that boundary. Yeah. And number two, he gets his arm broken. But then the next scene, and maybe it's just editing continuity problem. He's at the party. His arm's not broken. No, his arm is his he is walking with his like arm. kind of holding it. No, he, his, his, his arm is completely mobile. Presumably because he got, he got quickly... He's changed, too. He's like yeah. in a different outfit, I think. I guess they can't heal humans. We saw that they can heal humans. Right. That's and, true. And it wasn't necessarily broken. It could have been um, sprained or even dislocated. Is, that's, to me, I saw the injury that Dolores did to him. Yeah. I would have thought it was a dislocation because she... she 
she uses the arm as a lever really close to the shoulder yeah. and you hear like a cracking noise yeah and to me that but anyway okay that could be well and and maybe maybe it does well obviously if you believe that that the, the nothing has changed from what he said which is he was william when he was young and he's aged well then he's certainly not a robot because they're they don't yeah, really i don't age. think he's a robot and i really hope that they don't do that in but, fact i kind of like the fact that they didn't fall into a lot of those traps you know like everyone's a robot or it's all just a dream or but but it's hard because like without him Dolores wouldn't have gotten to the point of finding the maze and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know? let's get more into that in a second because we'll talk about the plot. Um, I also like the way the OS looked on their little pads. And I like their pads, you yeah. know, that the pads that folded, you know, into like a small, it's like a, it's the size of a big iPhone, but then it folds out into a, like a, right. like a big iPad. Well, we would expect 50 years from now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, because usually whenever they make OS, and I'm sure you can agree with me in movies and TV, it's always the most ridiculous looking. Like the <laughs> the, the cursor moves really slowly yeah, across the screen because yeah, yeah, you can yeah. tell it's like an animation on an actual mouse, and you can tell like there's all this gobbledygook. Like when they were when they were looking at the code of Mave, mm-hmm. and and they're like, um, actually you've been programmed to escape the park. Someone, yeah. pr- you can actually it looks like program language, sure, right? Yeah, it looks like actual code, right? You know the if thens and the and the Pascal yeah. indents and all right. that kind of stuff. I'm just trying to throw out my <laughs> code code knowledge, but Tro- name dropping, <laughs> yeah. But it it you know it's um someone really consulted with actual OS designers to figure out a way, or just had that artistic yeah. knowledge or something. Right. Um, it, it, it also looked yeah. very real too, because all all the actors were doing were looking at a blank piece of wood mm-hmm. <laughs> or plastic, you know, and so the and they were interfacing it with with their fingers and stuff, and so whoever yeah. made that was just really good at making yeah. an OS look real, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also loved again the fact that it's not oh, it's all a dream, or they're all in a matrix in the future, or. Uh, <laughs> this is actually purgatory, like in Lost, or, or this is all Arnold's afterlife. Right. You know, it's it's like they didn't fall into any of those kind of cheesy traps, or like when Battlestar Galactica ended. You know, it was like actually, you know, it's it's like it it it, it appears to be what they are saying it is. It's a park in sure, the future. Right. These are regular humans, <clears throat> like our grandchildren. Yeah, going to this. You know, it's all. Not it's nothing crazy. Oh, yeah. it's nothing totally uh, crazy in terms of yeah. That. Although we haven't seen the real world yet, we don't know if it's a total dystopia or what. The, you know, yeah. Um, also, I got the sense that it's very likely we'll see Ford again because he probably created uh, a robot of himself. Well, it's right. So we'll get into more of that okay, in okay. a second too. But I actually have a theory about. The season two, it's not like a strong theory about a guess that they're not actually going to focus on this world, that they're going to do samurai world. Oh, they better. They've shown us samurais. But I have a feeling like, because you don't necessarily have to come back to this world. Do you know what I mean? Like you could refer to, like say you're in, in samurai world and like just one character sort of crosses over. Like there's not a compelling reason necessarily to go back yeah. to this world because the where they're at right now is the robots have killed all the humans. Well, we'll get more to that in a yeah. second. Okay. Let me talk about the things I hated. <laughs> even yeah. I've already talked about 
the entire season was purposely convoluted in a similar way, just like Lost was. And you know how much I hated that. <laughs> you know how much I hated that. It's basically the, the, the writers grew up watching Scooby-Doo just like I did. <laughs> and the whole premise of Scooby-Doo is, you know, <laughs> you, you come upon a city or a town and all these crazy, wacky things happen. <laughs> and then in the last 30 seconds, you explain it all. Yeah, and, and then and and they and, they make no attempt to make it make sense, right? Because the the, the when they show us the ghost, he's like sixteen feet tall, free floating, looks completely real, and does magic. Right. At the end, he's the size of a human with a mask, right? <laughs> on like some on a wire, or something. yeah, yeah. And so this show had that exact same thing again. If you weren't reading online, like I wasn't. And if you weren't like really concentrating, you know, and really theorizing, like I was just passively watching the show, then, and even if you were really concentrating, my guess is you'd still be confused. It, it, every episode ended with some massive twist. Mm -hmm. You know, they always had to end with like, oh my God, she shot herself in the head, you know? And it's just (laughs) like, it's so annoying to me. It, it's not real storytelling. It's, it's Harry Potter suffered from this as well. Um, it's like basically you, you know, the, I can just see the writers, they sit down, they're like, Oh my God. Okay. We're going to make an amazing show. Okay. They come up with a, with a very interesting premise, right? They come up with an interesting premise. Then they, they figure out the ending. They're like, okay, this is where we're going to end. And then they write in a super convoluted, boring story, knowing, knowing that they'll reveal everything in the final episode (laughs) and the, but they don't leave enough clues along the way to help you understand. Plus, none of the characters I cared about. I, I'm still debating whether or not I care about anyone in this in this story. I care about Dolores for the most part, particularly now, but I'm really not quite sure to sure about that because in the final scene we see her basically reprogrammed, kissing Teddy and frozen on the beach, like I'm not sure where she's at exactly. Is she actually conscious? No, or? no, remember, that wasn't the final scene. The final scene is oh. she shoots forward and is now freed herself. Right. Well, more to my point, she's a psychopathic killer who killed a bunch of innocent humans. Of only humans, though. But, but they're humans that enslaved them. So it's like you could equate it to like a slave revolution. I guess, but why not say, hey, we have consciousness. Do you mind letting us live? Because they won't believe her because... They can say that, and they won't believe her. Or how about getting a human on your side, or something like? I know I she know. murdered a bunch of people who are on a board of directors of a, of a park. Yeah, uh, it'd be like you know the panda gets a gun and shoots all the board uh, the, of the you know the the zoo in Seattle. But you, but you don't get the sense that they're making kind of a a slavery kind of totally a, analogy. To- but my point is is. I'm. I care about Dolores. I think, but yeah. I. But I. But I'm not quite sure. Yeah. When I watch Game of Thrones, I care about right about uh, yeah. almost everyone on that show. <laughs> they make me care about Jamie for crying out loud. You know, I. Yeah. I care about um, uh, John, and I care about all the people who die when they died. I was like, oh my god! In this show. People are routinely killed, and I'm just like, eh. And I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe that's the point of the show. They're trying to, like, <laughs> make it all seem pointless like a video game. But at the same time, I, I remember uh, about halfway through the series, I was like, 
do I care about any of these people? <laughs> and I and I didn't. And so they really didn't give us enough sympathetic characters, other than the robot, other than some of the robots. But and, but even the even the so the robots you're supposed to care about. Well, no, no, I, I'm not saying they did a good job of making us care. But even just the the requirement for caring would be first be like you can kind of sympathize with them, empathize a little bit, and they only did that really with a couple of the robot characters. Because right. if you think of the humans, even Ford. It's like, well, for most of the show, we thought he was a bad guy. Yeah. And at the end, you're like, well, okay, he's not a bad guy, although he got all the humans yeah, he, killed. He's very distant. <laughs> you care about Jeffrey Wright. Uh, you care about Bernard. Uh, you care about Maeve, kind of. I actually cared the most for Bernard because of his struggle to come to grips with the fact that he didn't know he was a robot. Right. And he thought he had a son and all these but things. But to me... And I, I call me a biologist centrist person. Is I don't really care about AI, especially because in this about the AI characters. You know, I'm I'm not really invested. Like if they, if someone came along, if Ford came along and turned off all the robots and just like deleted all their memory, I, I don't think I wouldn't feel the same as the Red Wedding. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I, but I think that's. And you would probably agree. It's not because they're AI characters. They just didn't give us enough to right. actually care. Right. Like, and what's her name? The 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 madame who's now Maeve. going after Maeve. Maeve. You should be like, oh, she's gonna go find her daughter. Yeah. But I, you're right. I the only thing I actually care about is that she also turned a corner and now made a decision against her programming. Right. Okay, that's interesting. It's interesting, but she's a machine. And and well, but you know. We I are know all machines, right? Well, but I didn't care enough about yeah. her, and partially because they routinely turned them off. Yeah, the robots we cared about, and like the way that I now that I'm thinking about it, they could have made me really care. Is if they would have said, if if Ford would have like said, "Okay, everyone, I've reprogrammed all the robots, and if you even try to touch their programming, they're going to die." They're going to be complete. They'll just turn off, and that that personality will be completely erased. Yeah. Like to me, the fact that with Maeve, for instance, she could interface with a computer and basically like meld knowledge into her brain about stuff. You know, because that's yeah. what she was doing. Was like she's not really a human. Like, I understand AI, and you know, in the future, AI should get rights and everything. But I just didn't care about these characters. Well, and and they also demonstrated unless we miss something, that their consciousness, their actually their whole brain, is not contained only in their body. Right. It's contained somewhere in some backup. Right. Because she was fully burned, recreated from scratch, and still her, her AI was restored. Right. So it's not... I, I don't feel afraid for them the way that I do for human right. subjects and other movies. Of course, that is kind of their point is like, hey, we don't have to die, actually. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, Man in Black, I didn't care about. Uh, William, I didn't care about. I thought he was kind of one-dimensional. Uh, yeah, I just didn't... Bernard was just kind of like, you know, this intellectual, you know, slow talker. I cared about William at first, the first couple of times he right, was Right, because he's entering the park. Just he's he's one of us, right? And he, he was like not evil and willing to do these things. Yeah. 
and his friends like an ass. But he didn't have any fun. Like they didn't inject any humanness in the humans. You know, they didn't have like Logan, the, uh, William's buddy, right, was this totally cartoonish asshole. Yeah, and William, he should have been the one that should have been like. Hey, uh, let's have some fun. Yeah, yeah. You know what? What can I what, <laughs> like? What would you and I do? Well, let me ask you, Berto. But let's take a break first. Then we'll get back and we'll talk about what Berto would do if he entered the park. What do you say? Yeah. All right, we're back. And just a reminder: become a patron if you haven't already, and rate us on iTunes. Let us know, and I will send you some swag. You know what I expect? What? Expecto Patronos. Also, uh, you can go to Loot Crate and use the promo code PSYCHOLOGY and you can get a discount and we get a kickback. And also you can join the Facebook fan group that famous patron Lyndon is running. It is a Facebook page you know, called Psychology in Seattle Fans and it's not run by Birdo and me. It's run by a patron and so you guys can go hog wild. It's already more popular than our regular Facebook page. Quite honestly, it is a smear job against me and I don't <laughs> like it. Yeah. So, Berto, you enter the park. What do you do? What's the first thing you do? Like, right. honestly, like really. Put okay, yourself- really honestly, because I was going to say I started death cult and cover myself in robot blood. But okay, I'll, I'll do it really honestly. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, actually, really honestly, I. Uh, here's the thing. I'm not that interested in living in the old west. Yeah. Except for the whole like gun, um, you know, gun. What do you call them? Like so, the draw and quick see draw. Who could, quick draw. Yeah. Duel. And playing poker. Basically, you know what? I want to recreate certain scenes from the movie Tombstone. Okay. That's what I would do. I would probably be like, hey, I know you guys have your little programming. Who do I talk to so I could get like a custom? I'll pay more. So you'd want to have an adventure. Yeah, like an OK Corral type thing. And you shoot a bunch of bad guys. Yeah, and I'm... Oh, which by the way, this is is what I would have done along these lines that would have, I think, improved the show dramatically. I would have spent the first three episodes of this series having fun in right. the park. Right. No and, one had any fucking and, fun in and, this park. And getting humans to actually bond with some of the of the robots as, as kind of almost friends and going yeah. on an adventure together. Yeah, friends. Right? Adventure. Right? Exactly. Because then when the fourth episode takes a dark fucking turn yeah. and your friend gets raped or murdered and head decapitated, then you care. Right. Good yeah. call. Yeah. This suffers from the same thing that the Star Wars, you know, episode one through three is. No fun. Basically, they had a premise of, well, eventually Darth Vader is going to be, you know, born. Right. And it's going, there's going to be some battle between him and, you know. And so how can we f- fill in the details? <laughs> with, but it's not, that's not a way to write a story. Yeah. It's, it's like three, three hours. No, it's more six hours, nine, three times Two, yeah, basically six hours of filler. Right. <laughs> to get to Darth Vader, yeah. you know, stumbling off of the block. <laughs> no! No! Anyway, okay. I love how this devolved into a episode one through three bash. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I also disliked the annoying repairman dude. I already said that. Well, what, sorry, what would you have done? What would you have done in Westworld? What would I have done? Similar. I would have wanted to have an, like an okay corral kind of thing. I, I probably, I mean, we got to see, it's just like a video game where you're, right. you enter the town and, or, you know, like in Skyrim or something. Right. And each person has a mission that, mm-hmm. that is going to offer it up to you. Um, I would probably have joined up with the posse because that seems like a fun right. kind of like 
yeah, like I wouldn't want to be alone because I'd be like um, that'd be creepy actually in that whole yeah. space by yourself. Right. It's like okay, I'm with this you know these this the good guy posse and his, right. the sheriff and we're going after some bad guys mm-hmm. like okay we're and and i'd be like okay we're riding on horses and where are the bad guys like that that'd be fun yeah you know what i mean um by the way they should have shown us some sort of leveling progression for the for the humans yeah because that that would have made it interesting you know it's like yeah. what level are you yeah but no of course they had to spend the entire time from episode two through nine just confusing me with all these <laughs> flashbacks and the whole other thing about this show is it was existing in two different timelines and they purposely threw us off the scent several times and it's, it's even did you did you have more any than two huh it's more than two well it goes back to you know an even before timeline when when arnold was still alive yeah but the main timelines are the william timeline and the man right in Black that, those are the two main ones yeah and I was I had no idea and so I want again I want to go back and watch the show because I bet you I'm going to like it much more because I'm going to be like oh okay I know what's happening here. Well the episode where they showed us uh what's the name of the renegade outlaw guy uh, uh Wyatt not Wyatt not the not the, the, the He's kind of like the oh, uh, sort he of He looks Hispanic like Logan looking. actually. Yeah, he has a yeah. he has a beard. I forget his name. Okay. That guy. So, so what the guy ha- who dies at the end with the gun and the elevator and stuff. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I meant the the he's kind of he's one of the uh, robots yeah. in the park yeah. that the man in black at one point is dragging by a rope. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Uh yeah, I forget his name. Okay. Well, that guy, there's an that episode earlier on where one scene he gets like shot and killed. And the very next scene, he's wearing something completely right. different. Exactly. And that's where that's, I was like... That's different timelines. That's different timelines, yeah. But to me, I was like, oh, well, they must have just brought him downstairs, fixed him up, well, brought him back up. Which at first I thought as well. But then I was like, but then why is she wearing two different outfits? And why is, you know... But again, same thing. Yeah. Because you, they are frequently taking the robots downstairs, put you know, redressing them, yeah. bringing them back up, I thought... I thought that was it, and I thought, "What terrible writing!" Because I can't. I how does that work? You but know? they're trying to purposely confuse you. That's their good writing. Oh. <laughs> um, I hated all the shooting. Actually, I mean, I like action in movies, you know, but the guns lost all meaning to me. You know, it, it just I felt like every episode, at least. You know, like 300 people had to be shot in every episode. And th- this is a good point. Again, if they had had more of a gamification showing uh, gamification aspects with the humans, because, okay, so you don't have to kill the humans, but maybe you get incapacitated, or at least you get, uh, you know, points taken or whatever. Like you have, you lose that round. You have to start over. Right. Stuff like that, because there really was zero consequence for the human. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, William, Man in Black, Logan, and that I, was I never worried in, about them because it was yeah. like you know they could they can't be harmed. And if you've, as I'm sure you have, any anyone who's played a video game like Grand Theft Auto with all the Easter eggs on, with all the cheat codes on, knows that that's fun for like ten minutes, right? Because you're like, oh my god, look, I got the tank, and I'm shooting everyone. Nothing can kill me. Right, right. It, that's not fun. Well, and that was the Man in Black's whole thing that's is right. he wanted it to have actual consequences. <laughs> but they would have only had to hire any one of thousands of game video game consultants out there that could have told them, "Hey guys, add a little leveling system." <laughs> right. Or when you get shot, you get you have to respawn back at the train. That's or right. <laughs> um, also, t- it, tell me if you 
you can explain this is I thought all the robots were made up of like white fibers. The new ones. Oh, the new. New, new, but Dolores yeah. is Dolores up. is the old one of the oldest models. She looks like a robot. And she has inside. more metal and stuff, oh, okay. which is weird because they said the new ones are actually cheaper to make than the old ones. Well, I guess that kind of would make sense. But yeah. yeah, on the website again. Oh, uh, twenty fifty two is the modern day, which would mean that William enters the park in twenty thirty two. Uh huh. Which means that Arnold died in twenty eighteen. Which means that Westworld started in twenty fifteen. Wow. Yeah. Uh, now, they did show us that the very early ones were, in fact, pretty crude. You know, they kind of amble around and they don't really dance well and all these kind of things. Sure. Um, I also didn't like, again, just how some of the uh, main, a lot of the humans that worked on in the park were just terrible human beings. They were rapists and just, just awful, like, sex deviant weirdos. Um, Aside well, from the Asian guy, <laughs> right? But but maybe it's a self selecting pool, right? Yeah, but it it doesn't it. it the, if I was in charge of this show, <laughs> or if I had an influence, I would have said, "Look, tone it down." A yeah, little no, bit. I agree. I agree. Totally. Like make totally. you know, and actually, that would have made it more compelling because when the robots turn on them, you'd be like, "Okay, that's interesting," because I kind of care about some yeah, of these right. Humans, you know right. what I mean, like. Like the humans are just doing their job, yeah. and of course they don't consider these robots to be, you know, yeah. sentient. They're they're things, you yeah. know. They're like a toaster or something. Anyway, um, also the after credit scene when that snake woman is going on a killing spree. Armistice. Armistice. She's killing all those people. She's losing her arm, <laughs> and it's like they're you know they're like uh, cease all motor function, cease all motor function. Okay. By that point, tens, hundreds of humans have been shot by her. <laughs> and, you know, why not just shoot her? Because she's not a black male. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you know, and, and we're supposed to believe that she managed to kill those people when all these professional military trained guards have guns trained on her. And all they have to do is shoot her. And well, but there were samurai swords sitting right next to her. Yeah. Also, the dumbest thing that I tried to find any logical explanation for, and no one really had it, was no one knew that Bernard wasn't Arnold. Well, that is weird. But the only the only thought I had it was enough time had passed that the only person that was originally working in the park. Okay. No, there's no news. There's no Wikipedia pages showing the original creators. No. Yeah. Or no one alive. No one. Right. Not a single person. Not one. Right. And, you know, that's just stupid. Plus, they look different. One was wearing like a bow tie and then the other one. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd be like if Walt Disney had a had a brother uh-huh. who he created, you know, all of Walt Disney together mm-hmm. and died. And then, you know, every... And then... And then years later, Walt Disney created a robot that looked just like his brother. Like, no one's going to be like, that guy looks <laughs> just like your brother. Yeah, that's so weird. And you know? your young brother, too. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, like, a corporation, presumably that does background checks on people, <laughs> doesn't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the whole premise is stupid. I, you mean, know I mean, he's got a bit of a resemblance, but... I mean... 
Okay, Look. just imagine how this all started. Ford makes this robot in a basement that looks just like his dead best friend. Yeah. He brings uh, Bernard into the park and uh-huh. says, I've hired... I hired a new dude. A new dude? An AI specialist. Oh, what university is he from? Yeah. Um, I know all the major researchers. And he has, guess what? The exact backstory as Arnold did. He has all of Arnold's memories. Well, to be fair, a lot of black males have black children. Who died. Who, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like you gave him... <laughs> what probably actually happened is everyone was looking at each other going like, what is he trying to pull here? I mean, does he not realize? <laughs> but he's the kind of like the main guy. Crazy so they're like, like oh, shh, yeah, shh, yeah, let him, yeah, let him yeah, have right. his thing. <laughs> so it turns out everyone knew <laughs> except for Bernard. <laughs> okay. So let's let's go over this story because I kind of I kind of need to walk myself through this. We've already walked. Okay, so Ford and Arnold create the park. By the way, it's Park One, right? So it's you know because there's like Samurai Park. I wonder how many they have. Yeah, Arnold once they should have called it Park Three or Five. Oh yeah, like Episode Four. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Arnold wants to create consciousness, maybe motivated by the death of his son. Oh, interesting. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Okay, because he wanted, he wanted to, of course, overcome uh, death. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And Ford is just like, look, you don't, it's we, a business. It's, it's a business. Don't create consciousness. It's just going to complicate Plus, things. you can't do it anyways. Yeah. Arnold figures out that consciousness is a maze, and they talk about this in the final episode. He, Arnold originally thought that consciousness was a journey upward in a pyramid from me, you need memory So let's just kind of walk ourselves through this consciousness model. Right. In order to have consciousness, first thing you need memory, which makes sense. If you're if you're a if you're a you know some sort of creature, and you can't remember a single thing, yeah, past like you know thirty seconds, it's hard to have a personality or consciousness. Yeah, yeah. It's but having said that, you could take a human and give them a memory impairment. Yeah. Are they not conscious? Yeah, it, it, we don't know where that threshold is. You're you're right. It's a, it, certainly certainly you don't need 30 years of memories because yeah. little children past a certain developmental stage, we can say, "Oh, they're pretty conscious," right? right? And and certainly even people with big memory loss or even other damage, you could say, "Oh, they're pretty conscious." But point taken, you need some amount of memory. Fine. Yeah, right. You need some amount of memory. Or your personality, if you want a rich personality, yes, right. you need a, at least some yeah. level of, of memory yeah. in your past. Yeah. You know, a six-month-year-old doesn't have a rich personality yeah. yet, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, the second thing you need is improvisation, which I think is just a word for free will, essentially. The ability to go off, to make up your own script, essentially. Yeah, basically, and, and by the way, philosophically, that's impossible to prove anyways, right? But yeah. but essentially the appearance of free will. Right. right. The appearance the, of free will. Well, or at least the, the, the code that makes it so that you can, quote unquote, n- not be bound by someone's prescriptive program. You know, you when you program the toaster, you press down this lever and when it gets hot enough and this timer goes off, it, it pops open. Yeah. The toaster can't say, you know, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay on an extra 10 minutes. Or yeah. today I'm going to turn on randomly without, you know, you as a consciousness, we could, def- the whole, the whole the, well, the, the broader thing here, and you've kind of alluded to it, is that consciousness 
there is no you know decided upon definition of what is consciousness yeah. it's a or threshold even it's a or, it's yeah. a philosophy yeah. you know is is a one month old does it have consciousness does a zygote have consciousness does an ant have consciousness right. does siri have consciousness right do, do our best AI machines have consciousness? The, the best we could do is give it ranges to say things like, look, this entity seems about as aware and personality rich as this kind of human. Well, you know, the, and you the, can say things like that. Well, the only reason why we would even be interested in so-called ranges is because we would have policies right. or laws or yeah. or regulations based on that. You know, the fact that ants may or may not have consciousness based on your definition, it doesn't matter because ants don't have any rights. Yeah. But but it's, so we actually already deal from a legal standpoint, we deal with these questions when it comes to animals, right? There are animals protected by law to a certain extent and there are animals that really don't have any legal protection. Right. Um there are people that advocate, you know, there's studies that have been shown with uh, octopi that... But those are usually... Number of, of but those are usually based on people's gut feeling about the animal, right? Uh, they, oh, you mean the legal decisions? Yeah. Uh, sure. But but then, you know, they could have consultants about, you know, things like uh, markers of, of self-awareness or, yeah. or yeah. brain size, any number of things that they could, you know, agree on. But... There's no way to to definitively decide on this. It's not something that one can discover. But we have to take a break, so let's take a break. What do you say? Let's do it. Okay, so getting back to the story, Arnold wants to create consciousness. Ford is like, no, let's just make a business. Arnold uh, figures out that consciousness is not just memory. Uh, so the third layer, so you have memory, then you have improvisation or free will, and then you have self-interest, which is the thing that he thought if he could get them to be self-interested, then they would be conscious. Yeah, and, and, and he represents this as like when it's that little voice inside your head that's basically telling you what to do right. for your... But by the way, th there is a bit of a, what do you call it? Um, they didn't explain this part well. Because you could say that improvisation is what Ma Ma Maeve, Mav, Maeve? Maeve. Maeve did at the very end where she improvised. The program said go to the mainland, and she improvised by staying in the park to go look for the daughter. Right. But that's maybe the stronger definition, and maybe they just meant, no, 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 we meant improvise within the range, the allowable parameters. No, I think they, that was on purpose. I mean, that's just my guess, is that the twist was Maeve seemed like she was the one gaining consciousness because she was... Because she was, you know, acting on self-interest, but self-interest, right? Then, but then we find out she was being programmed for self-interest. Oh, so no. the first thing she does—that's the the very according to what I think they're saying to us—is the very first thing Maeve does that is not of her programming was when she gets off that train. That's correct. But what I'm trying to say is this: um, so yes, we see that in the program it says all the way to go to the mainland, and at the end she gets off the train uh, to go look for the daughter. That to me is the, like you're saying. That's the proof that she also broke through, just like uh, just like um, Dolores. Just like Dolores did. Yeah. But what I'm saying is a little bit of a disconnect. Is to, you could define that as improvisation. Yeah. So it depends on how you not necessarily like the second layer, right? Because yeah. self-interest, depending on how you define these things, uh, 
you know, you could say that improvisation is when you veer from the programming. Well, right. if you, if that's what self uh, improvisation is, well, then she's only improvised. Right. Yeah. All this yeah. is putting words to yeah. things that cannot be encapsulated in human language, and so, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know, I think it's it's an interesting thing to portray and think about. Yeah. Uh, but instead, he finds out that uh, Arnold finds out that it's not a journey upward, but a journey inward, and he thinks that it's a journey inward towards self-interest. But then later, Ford adds another layer to this: not just memory, improvisation, and self-interest, but after Arnold dies and Ford decides to continue Arnold's work of trying to help the robots attain consciousness, is Ford adds a fourth layer. You remember what that was? It was uh, it was suffering. Oh right, right, right. And that's right. He the you know meaning that said, Arnold Arnold missed something. Right. Meaning meaning he that the world something. is not as you want it to be. He says, you need in order to be conscious, you need suffering. And this is another theme of the entire show: is grief and suffering. In that, uh, in the beginning, you have everything's fine. But Arnold, his son dies, and then he becomes driven by his grief and suffering to create consciousness where it probably shouldn't be created. And then because people are going to come and take away the consciousness of his robots and you know, deprogram them, he decides he wants to shut down the park and save the robots or like save the robots from... Uh, being conscious beings that are being tortured all the time. And so he, he tells uh, Dolores to kill him because he's trying to shut down the park. But then Ford manages to save the park, but now Ford is suffering because his best friend killed himself out of a fight that Ford and and Arnold were having. And so out of his suffering, he says, I'm going to improvise here and I'm going to start creating free, I'm going to start creating consciousness in the robots too. I'm right. going to go against the man. And then, uh, you know, Dolores in her suffering, that's where she becomes conscious is grief and loss and being raped and being hurt and, and all the pain. Uh, William, when he loses um, Dolores and can't find her, when Logan, you know, stabs her to prove that she's a robot and William sees Dolores, you know, uh, stabbed and Dolores runs off and William, do you remember that whole scene? Yeah, yeah. And William is, you know, he's lost Dolores. And then when he, and then in that process, he goes on a massacre trying to find Dolores. He's right. just, he just goes completely, you know, psychopathic and starts killing all these people. And then he goes back, he gives up, goes back to town. There's Dolores yeah. back in the loop again. And she's flirting with another guy. In that moment, William is like, I fell in love with a robot who doesn't even know who I am anymore right. and doesn't care and is right in front of me flirting with another guy. That's right. And I have now lost, I've, I've thrown away my, my fiance, you know, I've, I've, I've disavowed my entire life for this one robot and I've lost that. And through that suffering, he decides to become a cold hearted businessman and he uh, takes over the business, and he becomes very successful, presumably as like an unfeeling guy. His marriage goes down the tubes because he's a dick. He's turned into this asshole. 
and his wife kills himself, right? Doesn't, doesn't William... Eventually his wife well, dies or kills herself? Oh, no, killed herself. I think killed she her. kills herself. Yeah. Presumably because... Uh, he was a dick. <laughs> cause, yeah, because William's an asshole. And then from that loss, William goes back to the park. And goes even more apeshit. And goes more even apeshit because he's and tries to find the maze and becomes more psychopathic. Yeah. And so th- the entire show, as you can see, is just a string of death and right. grief and suffering. And so that's... And you're talking about the, the viewer's experience. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, and I really like that. I like, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a big into grief and suffering sort of right. guy. And so... Which, okay, so, so my two criticisms about those last two levels. Uh, self-interest, depending on how you define it, is like the first easiest thing you could do to, a, to a, an automaton. Because basically... You program it in. An ant has self-interest if you yeah. define it a certain way, right? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, you could program a robot to say, like, if someone is coming at you with a blowtorch, like, run, run away. Yeah, I mean, or like, if 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 there's electricity and there and there's only one outlet and there's five robots, push right. the other robots aside yeah. and get to it. Everything we humans do is because we're hungry, we're horny, we're sleepy, we're and then and then more advanced layered behaviors. I'm jealous because that might mean I might eventually die because that guy's taking my wife, my place in the tribe, my all these things get layered, right? Yeah. But anyways, and then the 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 fourth thing that the suffering is so interesting because and you know of course a lot more about this, but it seems to me when someone suffers, uh, like in the real time as they're suffering, um, they they go more into like a, either a fight or flight behavior. They sometimes they might even dissociate if the suffering is severe enough. And in in my mind, that kind of shuts down a lot of their what we would consider their more rich humanity. Um, so if anything, I, I would feel that thriving is what makes us human as opposed to suffering <laughs> depending on your definition of consciousness right yeah and perhaps in the moment but after the suffering yeah maybe is when that, yeah. you're <laughs> you know you're not fight or flight and you're remembering the suffering or you're having sort of low-grade ongoing grief and that sadness is a, a a part of being human when i was much younger i remember thinking and saying to people to, to my male friends and to women, frankly, that you're not a real person until you've had your heart broken. I, I was probably 16 when I was spouting that stupid, <laughs> stupidness. But it's along these lines of, I remember all of me and my friends, there was us before we had our heart broken and us after we had our heart broken. Uh-huh. And I remember noticing a big jump in personality development when I, when I was a teenager. Because before you have your heart broken, you're, you know, potentially really naive. You, and I mean heartbroken, not necessarily romantically, but maybe your father leaves yeah. you yeah. or your mother dies or something. Right. But if you've had a relatively easy life and then your first romantic partner dumps you, that's, that I remember thinking, that's when you really become a, a person, because <laughs> before that, you're just you don't really know what you are, what you're capable of, what life is about. You're basically thinking it's basically innocence. It's just like, well, life is good, and and everything good will just come to me. Yeah. And the world, I can trust it. I can trust people. I can trust everybody with everything. You yeah. know. 
and uh, and so I think you know this is along those lines. It's just I I think I think they're mixing things. Well, obviously they are because uh, you were conscious before that and after that, but yeah. you were definitely a different, more uh, advanced or more well-rounded or something kind of human. Yeah. More, it, more interesting. More interesting. <laughs> yeah. But then there are extremes, right? Like if you get severely abused as a child, you become kind of, you can become kind of like uh, a shell in a way. You know? Yeah, you're traumatized. Yeah. So Arnold creates the reveries while he's still alive. He was the one who created the reveries, allowing the robots to retain memory of the past. Basically, it's like an unconscious or repressed. Repress- was it Arnold? I didn't remember if it was him or. or, or yeah, well, or, we're we're made to believe that it's Ford, but oh, then in I the see. last ep- everything's revealed in the last episode. Everything, bro. yeah. But Ford reveals that Arnold created Arnold, the rever- okay. basically like repressed memories of past suffering. I see. Which is another confusing thing because like I thought the reveries were created recently by Ford. Yeah, but that was apparently the they've been around from the beginning. Arnold hoped that these reveries would help the robot attain consciousness. He he created the reveries because he was trying to give life back to his son, you know. So there might be this thing where he did create them back then but they weren't active and only recently Ford realized how to get them to be active or right. something. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I'll tell you when I rewatch the entire <laughs> series. Which is kind of cool cuz it's only 10 episodes, you know. Oh, oh yeah, right. Oh, although there's another possibility. When they were having Oh, no, because they had the other characters. I was going to say that since Bernard was created so many years ago, yeah. there was a possibility that he could have been having this conversation with Bernard about reveries years and years ago. Yeah. But who knows? Also, they talk about the bicamera mind, yeah. which is uh, giving them an internal voice. Yeah. I think bicamera meaning like you have... Two places. Two places that you have a dialogue in your brain, essentially. Yeah. There's this voice, and then there's the you, or there's two yous talking or something. Yeah. And basically, he was trying, Arnold and Ford were trying to like create this to, to move towards consciousness. And it kind of starts off like schizophrenia, where you hear a voice talking to you, right? But then with Dolores and the singularity for her was when it morphs into her voice. Yeah, because he says, like, this whole time, it's been you. <laughs> it's been me. Um, and, da, 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 da. okay, we've already done the AI discussion. <laughs> um, Arnold has many conversations with with Dolores that are depicted, actually, in the TV show, and we don't realize it's 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 Arnold. We are led to believe it's Bernard talking to Dolores right, in right. all those episodes. So that's another reason why we don't want to rewatch all those episodes <laughs> because in, you know, I'm, I'm guessing most of the time in which Jeffrey Wright is talking to Dolores, it's actually Arnold talking to Dolores. Yeah. Because we, we thought it was one of these like, you know, Hey, some of the robots are acting funny. Okay. I'll go talk to this one. Right. And then he starts like doing funny things about it. But instead, no, that's Arnold all the way back in the past. Yeah, it's a fl- it's a flashback. And in fact, that's probably the the oldest stuff they showed us. Well, they showed us, yeah, maybe or some of the oldest stuff. Yeah, right. Um, so Arnold is trying to help her achieve consciousness. Uh, da, 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 da. Then Ford tries to control Arnold. So Arnold tells Dolores to kill the all the hosts and Arnold, and so he can shut the park down. Arnold combines Dolores' consciousness with Wyatt, which 
may or may not even exist as a character. It might just be like a set of personality traits. Mm. And so in the end, when the final scene happens and, and we see Dolores killing everyone, presumably that's this dormant Wyatt character inside of her <laughs> that, that is a yeah. ruthless killer and can, and can kill everyone around her. By the way, um, this park can't actually be making much money, right? Because there's not that many people in it. Well, it might be really expensive, right? Yeah, I guess it's a bit. I mean, what's that business model like? Like, all right, we'll charge it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's hard just... to tell how many people are in the park at any given time. Well, but they don't show us that many towns. They show us like you know a couple towns, yeah. right? And. There's rarely that many humans in those places. Right. Maybe, well, so maybe like a hundred guests at a time. You yeah. Know? If you think of Disney World, yeah. how packed that is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so he has Dolores kill him. So they'll, so, so they'll shut the park down. Uh, you know, he might be depressed because his son died and he can't go on. He even says, I'm going to go see my son now. Yeah. And he he his mission by killing all the hosts and having them actually kill themselves. Dolores kills right. Teddy, shoots herself, and then shoots uh, Arnold. Is what's his mission there? Do you remember what so, his purpose is? Doing? Yeah, so he wants to shut the park down. He he yeah, that was it. Because he's like, all right, I'm gonna revert the code that makes her conscious, and then I'm gonna cause this thing to implode because I I can't in good conscience have a park where people that are real are getting tortured. Okay, that's what I thought. And raped. Okay, so that's about 2018 ish, um, and according to yeah the the perhaps false uh, identification, yeah. Ford saves the park by convincing everyone that he can control the robots. Ford completely scrubs Arnold's existence, <laughs> presumably so that he could create <laughs> Arnold in the future. Um, Mandela effect. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. I've been noticing a lot of things like that lately. Actually, like, um, like every once in a while, I come across something and I'm like, I thought the movie title was of, not in, or something. Uh, 2022, William and Logan enter the park. They uh, have already buried Escalante in sand. That was another whole confusing thing to me, too. I'm like, so how did they just cover it in sand? And now that's no longer covered in sand? You know, that that one town where they, anyway, um, where the massacre took place. Okay, that city is, did you notice that it's uh, the backdrop behind Escalante is where they shot that famous Star Trek scene with the Gorn? Really, you know that I that, didn't notice that diagonal. I know what I know what it is, but I, diagonal, I didn't. I think it's in I Bill and it. Ted's. Yeah, it's in it, a lot of. It's in a lot of stuff, but yeah, the Gorn. I rewatched Kirk versus the Gorn uh, today on YouTube. It is the dumbest fight scene of all time. Yeah, it looks. If you made a parody <laughs> of a fight scene, you'd you'd say that's taking it too far. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got any anyone out there watching? Go to YouTube, watch it's Kirk so Kirk versus Gorn. And you will see the dumbest fight of all time. And you have to really wonder why they couldn't make a better fight scene. Like, yeah, it's really bad. Like there, there are better fight scenes in Star Trek. Like yeah. something went wrong with this, particular and, and even scene. older westerns. Yeah, <laughs> it's worse than Yoda versus Dooku. <laughs> oh no! It's it's called uh, Vasquez Rocks near L.A. Chipmunk versus. Okay, William falls in love with Dolores, right? Fast. Okay, like that happened. Way too fast. So he goes on an adventure. 
Dolores is seeking the maze. Yeah. She's cuz that's kind of in her head, right? And the the picture of of William's fiance falls out of his pocket and eventually Abernathy the dad discovers it and it breaks his brain. That's in the first episode, I yeah. think. It appears that William played out this story with Dolores over and over and over again. Which okay, that part had he not seen the maze illustration yet until he's old? I don't know. Because that part didn't make sense to me. It's like, wait, if he had already done all these steps over and over and over, what was this new thing? He's like, oh, I've just figured out that there's another level to this thing. Well, I think what happened, well, that I can't explain. But I think what I think we have different phases in William's life. I think in the beginning, he enters the park. He's this you know, awkward, shy, non-assertive, just kind of a wet noodle. And then he falls in love with Dolores. Presumably he's not really in love with his fiance, right? He maybe he's just marrying into money or something. Yeah. He's, he falls in love with Dolores and he's kind of confused and you can totally see that, right? You're an awkward nerd, geeky guy. Yep. And you kind of need a, you know, like a Japanese guy falling in love with his, with his anime pillow, you know, <laughs> uh, which happens, by the way. And he falls in love with this robot, but he's sort of conflicted about it. And then he loses the robot. And then he discovers that the robot doesn't really care about him. Right. And so he decides to try to hold on to Dolores by, and he's just a guest at this point, you know what I mean? And he just plays through this storyline over and over again with Dolores because he's in love with her and he, and he just wants to be with her. Yeah. And she has, and he wants to please her. And her main kind of motivation is to seek the maze because she's trying to actually find her consciousness. Right. And so, and, and she talks about, you know, the scene that she keeps seeing. And, and so he, William just brings her back just day after day, after you know, or week after week. But but again, the, the, the thing that, so the thing that doesn't make sense with what he was saying in a few episodes back, many episodes back, was, you know, he's like, I found out that there's a new level to this thing, right. and I'm after it. Right. So so then, at some point, William kind of gives up and just stops going to the park. Mm-hmm. And he, at this point, he owns the park, and he, be, you know, he just starts working in the real world. Yeah. And then his wife commits suicide. Yeah. Then he, as an escape, goes back to the park, and... That's when he somehow just stumbles upon this maze thing, or but, he, but, or he kind of knew about the maze from Dolores from the first time, but he didn't really care about the maze because right. she was just talking about it. But, but then, then yeah. after after his wife commits suicide, then he's like, "Okay, I'm going to find the maze now." Yeah, you know what I mean. But then it turns out that the steps to find the maze are the same steps he's been taking every time, anyways. Yeah, because he was doing the mission with the with the army and all that stuff all the way back then. And it's just that now he was, I guess, taking shortcuts. Um, here, what I really was hoping to see was, because they showed us uh, when William was young and they showed us the, you know, at the time the bandit had power and they had the, 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 the military people and all these things. And then later and they're showing us how the man in black's dragging that, that dude by the neck and I really wanted them to connect the dots like, okay, what was the storyline that eventually makes kind of some some symmetrical sense why he would now be pissed off at the guy to drag him by the neck and stuff like that. Right. But they didn't show us any of that. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, let's take a break, and we get back. We'll continue our analysis. What do you say? Okay. All right, we're back. So then after uh, William, da, 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 let's see, he plays it over and over again. He made Logan look unstable by putting him naked on a horse and making him go off into the sunset. <laughs> Did that make sense to you? Um, I allowed it, basically. I was just like, okay, they're not telling us. I read online, too, like, okay, well, maybe this happened. It didn't make sense, as a lot of the things in the show didn't make sense, but we're just made to sort of fill in the gaps in terms of William goes back home and somehow manipulates the family into making Logan <laughs> it's look, like, look unstable. Logan, what happened to you? Oh, nothing. As opposed to, uh, William has gone fucking insane, right. killed everyone, well, 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 bathed himself in blood, and tied me to this thing, cut me, and he's unstable. Yeah, yeah. Put me naked on a horse. But, but another theory is that Logan went crazy as, as the he ride went, back. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Either he died of thirst. Yeah. Or he's the one who was able to tell everyone that William is unstable. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, like, imagine if you and I went to the park. Yeah. And you show up tied naked to a horse later. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, he went, he's crazy. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of that stuff was, you know, really annoying to me. That Logan's character, whenever he was on screen, I was just like, oh, God. Um, Ford creates Bernard in Arnold's image about 10 years prior to the present day of the, mm-hmm. of the show. Um, Ford watches as the robots gain consciousness. Ford makes Dolores suffer over and over again. The man in black makes her suffer over and over again to create that final stage of consciousness. Um, this is why I think William meant the man in black actually maybe knew about the suffering angle and was, he even says at some point, it's like when, when you're, when you're truly suffering, that's when your real personality comes out. Remember when he goes to that, like, yep. you know, but, so, so I think he Ford, somehow knew that Ford, he definitely didn't know the plan because Ford was like, ah, this wasn't for you. This was for them. Right. Uh, but you know, since since William owns the park, he yeah. probably heard about this maze. He probably heard about this sure. suffering bit, you know. Um, and it it comes out the final episode that many of the robots are gaining consciousness, and most of them would go insane. Yeah, and so they would be rolled back, or they would be put in that room yeah. with with all those others. Uh, William's wife commits suicide. William returns to the park. Blah blah blah. Okay. Um, then he goes out when he when the man in black when William comes back to the park. One of his first moves is to go to Maeve's house, who she's not a prostitute yet. He goes to Maeve's house and murder her and her daughter. That's right. Do you know why that he's looking? He's looking for the maze at that point. He's like, I wondered how far I could go. Is that? That's what he said. Okay. Interesting. I don't know. That didn't make any sense to me. I, but then he. Re- but then she slashed him which made him realize wait a second these you know these robots actually they might be becoming conscious which might actually be fun for me because then it'll actually have you know consequences in this in this world which um is interesting because i think for william he's like if i can make these people conscious then maybe i can make dolores actually love me do you know what i mean sure yeah and i think i think the, I think William, the man in black, his flaw 
is that he doesn't think he's lovable. I think he thinks no one will love him. And then he finally finds Dolores who appears to love him, but then they wipe her memory and he's like, Oh, she never loved me. It's just a delusion that people would love me. Mm. I think, I think the man in blacks psychology is extremely interesting. If you kind of follow it through in the same way that Darth Vader's story is, is interesting. Uh, let's see, blah, blah, blah. Dolores travels to Escalante by herself, which is sort of confusing to me. Along the way, we see her have visions of the past trips with William, but, you know, like when she's dressed up as a cowboy, she is just having visions of seeing William, yeah. but that's she's not actually seeing William. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, let's see. She's remembering, yeah. Dolores shoots Ford in the head. But they, But they definitely are showing us the two timelines, because they're also showing us William without Dolores there. Right. Yeah. And did did Ford, uh, is that a robot Ford? Because maybe that's a robot Ford. The one that died? Yeah. No, I don't think so, because like he would, uh, either there is no robot Ford, or he would want to live forever. Yeah. And he wouldn't want two of him. Right. Right. So I think if this, if the writers are smart, they'll make Ford be dead dead. And maybe a robot Ford will come back. Yeah, but at the very least, it, it it would be such a cop out if Ford didn't actually die because everything he was saying was it's the end of humans. Yep, it's it's the beginning of the robots. Even a robot Ford, in some ways, I mean, granted, it it, it would be fine. I would be okay with it. But in some ways, it'd be more poetic if if he hadn't taken that step because he might have realized that maybe he shouldn't have had a burn. Uh, an Arnold robot, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. The robots kill all the humans in the park. Only some of the robots be- are conscious and they start commanding. The- it was so dumb to see all those like zombie uh, zombies. It, it looked very much like a zombie movie, you know, yeah. all the naked zombie, oh, right. Right, zombie right. looking guys. Um, there's, there's uh, uh, theories that William is still alive. Cause now he's super happy because the park has real, you know, consequences. Um, maybe Elsie is alive because we didn't see her actually get killed. Which one's Elsie? The, oh, the, yeah, programmer. Yeah, the programmer. We just see her be silenced, quote unquote, by yeah. Bernard, but we don't see her actually die. Sure. And also there's theories that that security dude is still alive because we haven't seen him die yet. Um, so, what, what was the last time we saw him? He, what was he doing? He was, I think, slinking off or something. We just didn't see him die is the yeah. thing. Okay. And, and he then, seems like a scrappy character that he could yeah. like survive. You know? And then the bad guys, meaning um, the, the new chair lady yeah. and uh, the architect dude, the, yeah. the, they sent that, oh, they were going to send that other dude with, with data about the park. Right. They were trying to snu- snuggle or snu- snuggle. <laughs> smuggle. They were trying to smuggle. It's funny how uh, just one letter difference makes a big difference in that word. I've never realized snuggle and, and smuggle. smuggle. They were trying to smuggle information out. Um, so there's clearly more interest that we'll probably see more of in season two. If Han Solo and Princess Leia were smugglers, were, smugglers. were Netflix and chilling, they <laughs> Leia would be snuggling with a smuggler <laughs> um all right oh uh, yeah then Maeve escapes but returns to find her robot daughter which i think is sort of a stupid move 
It's like, I realize that she's programmed, but you would think that true improvisation would realize that's not my real daughter. That's just a robot. But the problem with that line of thinking is that isn't then she would have to conclude she's just as not real as her feelings for her not real daughter aren't. You know what I mean? So she's got to conclude like, well, if I feel real to me and that feels like my daughter, that's as good as it's going to get. Birdo. Several lines in the movie talk about how the park reveals your true self. What do you think about that? <laughs> well, in the sense that, you know... Does people, Grand Theft Auto reveal your true self? Not quite. I could see a little bit of that. But but you know how they say, like, oh, go do this uh, boot camp. Or you got to go with me on this retreat, this Indian native reservation retreat. And we're going to go in a smokehouse. And it's going to be crazy for 10 days. And you will find out things about yourself. It's kind of like along those lines, you know. You go in this park. It's the adventure of a lifetime. You get to push your boundaries and see just what kind of person you really are. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it's it's silly because in my philosophy of humans is there is no such thing as a true self. We uh, often think about, like, deep down, there's your true self. But when we actually observe humans who, from the outside, not from the inside, because we are biased towards our own, quote-unquote, like, solid personality. We're, we have a hard time accepting the fact that we don't have a solid personality. Right. But when you actually watch people, they don't have solid personalities. They act not extremely different in different contexts. Someone is at home with their spouse, and they act one way. They go to work, they act another way. They're hanging out with their best friend, and all the locker room talk comes out. Uh, you raise a child in Rio de Janeiro, and he's a good person, but he is mugging people on a particular corner in Rio de Janeiro every day and terrorizing tourists. A Native American man uh, taking part, you know, 400 years ago in the massacre of a village of English settlers, you know, is is this Native American man who is massacring women and children and, and men, is is he a psychopathic killer? Or is it contextual? Is he is he upset that these people are invading his land? Or the reverse, you know, you have some Englishman who massacres a Native American village. Right. You know, are these people <clears throat> terrible people? What they're doing is terrible, but we can't nail down someone's true self right well and, and in fact let's say uh you you have johnny goes into the park and we watch what johnny does and johnny starts raping someone right You're like ah we found johnny's true self he's a rapist right and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa okay i could see how this looks bad but but i've never raped anyone in, in the quote-unquote real world and i never wanted to and i never want to because i know here these are just robots right and they don't have any conscience and then you could have a debate about it but at the same time have you really found his real self <laughs> right Exactly. And so it's it, it true self is not a real thing and when you enter the context of a park that everyone believes and has decided that these robots are not conscious and they don't have real feelings and they won't even remember if bad things happen to them very similar to Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. If you were playing Grand Theft Auto and you were driving your car and you accidentally took a corner too fast and ran over a couple pedestrians, <gasps> would you feel terrible about yourself? Oh my God, please tell me you've never done that. You probably just 
continue driving down the street, right? Does that make you an, a callous, terrible, immoral person? Well, that it's it's just another level to, uh, through this park is you walk in the park and you realize, okay, all the robots, they're not going to remember these bad things. They're programmed to act like they care, but they don't. In the same way that Grand Theft Auto, you have these avatars walking or these, you know, I don't know what you call them, but people yep. walking yep. around. They're supposed to react to things. When you bump into them, they get angry and they yell at you or they go, ah, or, you know, they try to defend themselves. You know, you, right. you, they don't, they're not just like a pixel. They actually try to make them act like actual humans would in that situation. What, what I would say is that the park's claim w- could be, well, yeah, but see, philosophically, one could argue that you are really killing real people, even in the backwards 50-year-ago Grand Theft Auto. What we're saying is now this park is so close it's so close to full, full, full reality that if you're still doing certain things, then maybe you really are one way or another. Yeah. And I would say that everyone has a desire to destroy things. It's a human nature of having power. Everyone likes to have power. And when you give people the ability to wield power, they tend to get a little giddy with that. And so when they walk into the park and they are given the power to shoot people at will without any consequences with and without any um, actual consequence to a, someone's psyche, you know what I mean? Like, you know that when you shoot this robot, it's, it's not, or at least you're, you're, you've been convinced that when you shoot this robot, it will be brought back to life and it won't even remember what happened to it. Right. And, but, and so, and but, so yeah. your, the tr- the, someone's true self, th- this is something that I have a problem with this show and with a lot of depictions that try to answer the question about human nature. We, the, our prime directive as humans are, is altruism. And that's something that people don't understand or it's not in popular culture. Often they say, like, when we're reduced to our base self, we're selfish, we're sadistic, we're terrible people. Sure, if you're backed into a corner and it's you or someone else who's going to stay alive, then yeah, you might actually, you know, stab the person next to you so you can stay alive. But you're probably equally as likely to give the crumb to the other person so, so the other person can live so that you can die. This happens all the time. When that... um that uh, fan, uh, the windmill in Denmark, I think, caught on fire, and those two workers were on top. Have you seen this footage? No. Jeez. They knew they were going to die. They couldn't get down, and it was like slowly burning, and they were just sitting on, and they, they were, you could see them from the ground, like from Yikes. just saying, and they were hugging. Oh, man. These two, you know, gruff, you know, workers on top of this thing, seen hugging before before they died. Oh my God. You know, we are programmed for love, for altruism, to give, to support, to, uh, some of us, all of us. It's, it's a base. Only if you believe that it's only just genetic, if that there's no conditioning, it is genetic. We are born to give, we are born to care. Well, okay. But then in that case, then, you know, how do you explain psychopaths or how do you explain... Because they're the deviation. They're like the 1% is, deviation. So that's not all of us. And right. then how do you explain not psychopaths, but just people that are... that There are also people born that, with two heads. That hit and run. And you know? some people... Well, so hit and run, that's an interesting thing, right? Because 
it's um, we're not necessary. We're not programmed to always be altruistic. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, and we're not programmed to deny self interest. I don't think our program. So my my thing is, I don't think our programming ends at the the DNA. I think our programming extends throughout life. Yeah. Like our brain keeps getting programmed, right? So therefore, some people get programmed to be more what we would call evil or mean or whatever, but and other people don't. But most people, even those who have been traumatized and mistreated, oh yeah, most people, yes, care about yes. other human beings. And yes. if someone is suffering, yes, m- the vast majority of humans I cannot debate that will try to help that person, yeah. even if it means sacrificing themselves a little bit. Now, when you remove the humanness, like you put a car between you and someone else, or you put you know a tank or a or a missile that's fired from a you know, an airplane a hundred miles away, people stop feeling the connection between another human. You know, I always say like, how many times have you flipped someone off on the road? You know, you, you, people do it all the time, right? They yell and scream all sorts of nasty things on someone. Yeah. When was the last time you yelled and screamed at someone in this, in the grocery store for cutting you off in the aisle, even though you were upset at them? Right. Never, hopefully. Yeah. Well, that's, it's not because in one, you know, instance, you're a terrible person. It's because we're programmed for human interaction. We're not programmed to interact with a car. Yeah. And when we see a car, we don't, th- we don't really think of it as a human being. It, it doesn't connect with our, you know, programming regarding helping our fellow man. We are a herd animal. We're a collective animal. We're a social animal. The point is, is that humans are programmed to be altruistic at least to some degree, and it's almost always ignored in, <laughs> in, in popular representations. You know, it, it's, it's very, whenever they say, oh, you know, when humans go to their base form, they become more killers, less altruistic. And I, that's just not the case when you look at actual human beings. But they showed us, a, oh yeah, you're right. And in general, I think that was the sense, but they did show us that there were a lot of people there just with their families they were there just for, you know, fun. They weren't... Yeah, but you know. when they showed people, regular people in the park, they were just running around killing everyone and, like, stomping on things or, and having sex. And mm. what they uh, didn't show enough of, I thought, was people actually trying to help. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, well, because they showed it a little bit in William, in that he fell in love with Dolores and wanted to help yeah. her. But because, by the way, so the assumption that people, yeah, and I think this is to your point, just because they know that they're robots. Well, listen, people know that dogs are dogs. People know that slugs are slugs. There are people that have pet, like a, a pet ant farm, and if you destroy that ant farm, yeah. trust me, they will be traumatized and and devastated. Right, right. We're because we're programmed for altruism. Yeah. When I was a kid in the 70s, there was a thing called a pet rock. Yeah, pet rocks. <laughs> I had a pet rock. It came in a little box and it had a little bit of like some bedding and there was a there was a rock in this box and I carried around my pet rock. And I imbued this rock with a personality and and I cared about it. And if someone picked it up and threw it, I would have been upset. To that proves we are we can even be altruistic to a rock. And so People walking into this park, at least some of them, yeah. would be extremely altruistic toward the robots and wouldn't want to hurt them. And, and might would, even defend them. And yeah, yeah, defend them against the other humans. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you can't shoot that guy. You're not gonna, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah. Anyway, 
All right. What's the final word on West on Westworld, Berto? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I I think that in the end, I will definitely watch season two. I was, uh, I think the the finale made it so that overall the whole was entertaining. And since the visuals and music and the overall concept of it was interesting, I I, I give it a seven probably, and I would definitely watch the second season. I give it a five, mostly based on the premise and the cinematography and direction. I give it not more than that because of how annoying the episodes were from two to nine. <laughs> and I have a feeling that the second season is going to be a lot better I, because I have a feeling that J.J. Abrams is going to be like, okay, dudes, you didn't make anyone care about your characters. J.J. Abrams, when he is at his best, he knows how to make you care about a character. Yeah, I just don't know how involved he was in this, and maybe he needs to get more involved. I think he needs to get more involved yeah. and really make you care. Because you you need to care about a character in order for you to be compelled to watch it again. That's right. And so uh, I'm a little surprised that it's so far out. You know, you'd think you'd want to capitalize on yeah. the popularity. Because by the time it comes out in 2018... It's Most like, of us are going to have forgotten. <laughs> totally. And this is one of those stories where you have to remember some details, yeah. you know? And you were saying, you know, about them just showing Samurai Worlds. Yeah, but they, they have to have some of the characters, you know, like you have to have, because... because but like True, like, uh, True Detective, they just, didn't they just pick up with a completely different story? And Fargo is, you know, they just, I mean, it's loosely connected. But, but I, what I think would be boring is if like, okay... Uh, yeah, that they had to nuke that whole thing, and now the new part—they're also trying to gain consciousness. Oh, what? No, it'd be a different right. story. It would be like some other different story. You but know? the only story is them gaining consciousness. I think there's other stories you could make. Well, but that'd be a different show. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you seen Fargo? No. It's a similar thing. Like the first, the, they have two seasons. They're only loosely connected, yeah. and in in most respects, they're basically not the you know connected and they're very different storylines I, I would only care if they did it in the way that asimov explored different aspects of robotics right but but they kind of they've well, centered around right well, consciousness let's, let's brainstorm and see if you know so let's say you make it in samurai world and maybe one of the robots like mave or dolores has snuck into the samurai world lot and is like hiding and in a disguise and is like a ruthless samurai killer with a mask on. And her mission is to kill all humans and like free is you're getting, you're making a face. I don't even know. Well, no. where do you go with the story now? Yeah, now I'm not even excited for season two. Because, because where you go with the story now is, uh, is, is William is perhaps in a park that has completely gone off script? Listen, William barely survived the uprising because they he like played dead or something. Assuming he's a human, he kind of played dead, and then they healed him because they they did bring in eventually the army. They put down most of those robots. A couple of them escaped. Yeah, maybe Maeve, maybe uh, what's her name? And uh, you're right. They had to make their way to like the other park. I like the idea that they're hiding in Samurai World. That's cool. Here's the catch, though. 
it's got to be like the only thing that might be interesting is they have to start this underground rebellion thing while at the same time we start seeing the interest from the outside all the rich money people that are trying to because they're trying to figure out did they figure out consciousness because that's super we can make a lot of money with that you know those kind of things and they they show us the real world no no i got it so some of the robots make their way to samurai world or maybe they make them like one makes a samurai world another one makes it to another world like to game of thrones world or something Mm -hmm. And in order to stay incognito, they have to play along with the storylines. But they also have to avoid getting sent downstairs where they'll get reprogrammed or something. And so they're kind of like fugitives hiding. And So now death matters because if so they now die, death, yeah, they yeah. get caught. And William is now in Samurai World trying to... And he's fighting, but he's trying to find Dolores, right? And... We don't know why William wants to find Lars. Does he want to kill her? What does he want to do? And uh, and there are actual samurai plots that are played out. You know sure. what I mean? Where you actually there's a storyline with yeah. with samurai and Ronin and with you know ninjas and <laughs> and all that stuff. Um, In some ways, I'm almost with you. Now that I'm thinking about it, I almost like fuck. You're right. They had to nuke the old park. Forget the consciousness thing. New angle. Fun samurai story <laughs> with <Right>. robots. <laughs> because honestly, if you go back to the Western world, that's going to feel pretty boring. Oh, yeah. I mean, and they can't do Game of Thrones and samurais because that's two sword worlds. Yeah. We need a non-sword world. <laughs> like James Bond world. Yeah, spy world. Or, or what would you, like Jurassic Park world. What if they made that? Yeah, why couldn't they have done dinosaurs? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. What a long one. I think we were talking for two hours. Oh, my God. Uh, Again, if you haven't become a patron, do so. Go to patreon.com. Also, tell a friend or colleague. Word of mouth matters to us. Also, rate us on iTunes. Let us know you did that, and I'll send you some swag. And remember that $20 patrons get mugs if you live in the U.S. and the shipping is it. So awesome. Yeah. One night in Westworld and the world's your oyster. All right, take care because you deserve it.